and welcome to this edition of the FT Advisor podcast. My name is Tom Dunstan and I am delighted to be joined for this edition by London Money Director Martin Stewart and Saffron for Intermediaries Head of Business Development Tony Hall. A very warm welcome to you both. Morning. Uh, a recent report from yes. the Office for Budgetary Responsibility has predicted that house prices will decrease by about 4.7% next year. This follows an increase of 0.9% that was recorded this year. In addition to this, the office also reported expecting house transactions to fall by 6.9% in 2024, a 1.9% steeper decline than forecasts it made in March of 5%. So to start off with, I suppose, does uh, the OBR's predictions reflect what you're expecting for next year? Uh, Tony, if I could come to you first. Yeah, um, no, it's very hard with predictions at the moment, isn't it, to, to put any certainty behind it, but it's kind of based on common sense the affordability is a challenge therefore people can't borrow as much and therefore the prevailing price of houses is going to either stay the same or drop to match um match that that affordability level so yeah it's kind of kind of what we're seeing it's, it's what that amount will be i think is the big challenge but contrary to a lot of you know comment around a big crash or whatever i don't i think it's just a settling of the market as we come to terms with the new normal which is interest rates at the four and a half to five and a half percent rate and marty if i could ask you the, the same question is this uh, does this reflect what you're expecting uh i'd be very happy if they were only going to decline by that amount um we've seen in 2023 probably a reduction of around about 20% so far in terms of transactions. Uh, and that's a greater amount if you look in the in the buy-to-let sector where we're probably down 50% on uh, various demographics. So, look, if transactions fall only by 7% next year, I think we should all be celebrating the good news and not, not lamenting uh, the the, the bad news. Um, that said, I do think a reduction in housing transactions is worse for the market than a reduction in house prices. As um, as Tony just said then, I think a reduction in house prices is probably welcome to a degree because the, the, the higher and faster they were going, then, then the more likelihood that we would have seen a significant crash. And, and I agree with Tony, I don't think we will, we will see that. We might just see a softening in prices. But transactions uh, levels are important just from a cash flow point of view for anyone uh, involved in the housing market, whether that's an estate agent, a lender, uh, a broker or a conveyancer. Um, and that's where there may be a gap in income um, in 2024. And so what, what could this prediction uh, mean for the mortgage market and for mortgage advisors as well? Firstly, I'd ignore them. Um, as Tony said, you can't, <laughs> you know, you can't really, you look at some of the predictions that people were making as we went into, into COVID and lockdown in 2020, the, the, the predictions that came off the back of uh, the um, uh, Trustonomics and quasi statement back in September last year, and you know there are there are plenty of predictions out there at the moment that are predicting a, a twenty to thirty percent um, reduction in house prices. You know, it's unlikely to happen, and I think predictions are are a dangerous thing to make. I think we have to, as an industry, work with what we've got. Uh, whether that's a, a booming market or a stalling market or even a falling market, we just have to work with that. Um, what I do say to to our team is that bad housing markets don't last, but good brokers do. And I think that's worth remembering as we yeah. go into uh, to 2024 that we've been through many, many cycles. I've been through, I've lost count now, I'm that old, but I, I remember many, many cycles where you know people have talked about the end of the housing market 
talks about the end of mortgage intermediation and yet you know like the crocodile four billion years later we're still here and i think we will be here at the end of 2024 and into 2025 but i do also think the the intermediary market will come out of this stronger which we always do after a downturn so i think we, we need to focus more on that let the market find its feet let it find it the floor if there is one um uh, keep the lights on uh, and, and carry on with the day job yeah um tom i 100 agree um this market as i said i'm old enough to be around it a few times as well and it always it, it, it always prevails you know it has its ups and downs but the reality is people buy and sell houses people move people don't move it's it's what it is it's just at what point in the cycle and at, at the expense of doing that so from a from an advisor perspective i think it's exactly it's just carry on carry on regardless but i think um the key for this is about educating um your buyers um as you particularly first-time buyers around the realities of the, of, of of the market and the fact that you can try and wait for the unicorn of rates to drop back down to sub 3%, but that's not going to happen. So it's a case of if you can afford to do it now, do it now and go and seek professional advice to find the best way to do that. So I think that's that's the key for, for the market. You know, people are always going to want to buy houses and sell houses and move. And as I said just a minute ago, it's about, um, getting the right advice to not worry about the things that you need to do because the relative is if price prices drop and you're you're in the second time chain then that means you're not going to get as much for yours but the house you're buying is going to have a, a, a pro rata drop as well so the, the status is exactly the same in reality it's just some points in the market are going to cost you a lot more than others i always hark back to my first mortgage and i was over the moon because i fixed at 8.99 and i was delighted with that um, because the prevailing underlying base rate was probably 12 percent at that point so it's relative uh, one of the things i'm interested in from the uh, report is the projected uh fall of house prices by five percent while transactions fall uh fall by seven percent i was wondering uh, if you're able to explain uh the situation in which that would occur um, from my point of view, I think it comes down quite simply to confidence. Um, what we've had, unfortunately, for the last 12 months is a bit of media mania about, about the housing market, and they do love a good negative housing market story. Um, it's, it's virtually impossible, I think, for anyone now not to know what's going on in the housing market. This time last year, when we were in the middle of the trauma after the uh, the autumn statement, uh, it was all brand new information. It was brand news, um, and, and and nobody knew how to react. There was panic in the market. There was blood on the streets, um, uh, and, and an awful lot of sleepless nights. Now, twelve months later. There's no one, anyone with a mortgage or anyone looking to move cannot come into the market and not know what's been happening. So that, in some respects, is actually quite good news. It certainly saves us a job in terms of trying to explain things. They, they follow the news as much as anybody else. So uh, as Tony said, if, if people need to move, they will move. And, you know, if we are looking for some silver linings, I would suggest that after a pretty average summer and a poor, very poor September, October and November, we saw um, a, a huge spike in, in purchases. Um, so people are now um, coming to terms with the new cost of borrowing. And, and as Tony said, if you can afford that, one, then, then move. If you have to move, and people will move. What what the market is missing, and this this will result in, in, in an element of the falling transactions, is the discretionary mover. 
the people that have moved yeah. over the past 10 years when, hang on a minute, I can borrow £500,000 interest only, it's going to cost me less than £800 a month, let's go and get a bigger house. Suddenly that move is now £3,000 a month. So the discretionary mover are the ones that are sitting on their hands. So that will lead to a natural fall in transactions along with a degree of, well, let's just wait a little bit, you know, let's just wait six months. We don't need to rush to make this purchase now. So again, the other thing that's missing in the market right now is urgency. Um, and until that begins to return in, 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 in a degree of volume, we, we will probably be plateauing and flatlining for, for a while. Uh, so is there anything that you think advisors could or should do to prepare themselves for the described landscape or if there's anything that brokers can do to uh, keep the lights on, as, as you said earlier, Martin? It's a difficult one to answer because we've got a little bit of a fragmented intermediate market right now whereby you've got you've got the gnarled veterans and I include myself in that without a shadow of a doubt who who have seen everything uh, just waiting for the aliens now to complete the set um and you've got the younger brokers who've come through in the past three or four years who've really only known one market and that's the ability to recommend very cheap two-year fixed rates and they've not really had the ability to to build a client bank that will give them some substance going into 2024 and um, so we're, we're, we're a mature broker with a, a good client bank they will always have a demand there's always enough people in the background either just a direct business or, or word of mouth that will come into the market and um, product transfers kept the industry going for the first six months of this year and you don't have that if you've your own client or a young business that hasn't got that back book to to rely on so in terms of leaving the light on i think what you have to do if, if you haven't got a deep client bank is just to be visible um, and to let people know that you were there and, and thankfully this time around something we didn't have in 2008 was um the social media so you do see a lot of people now using social media to their benefit and and they are being out there they are being visible i don't necessarily agree sometimes with how the messages are being portrayed um and it can be a little bit gimmicky um you know uh, rolling around at a skateboard while talking about um about interest rates i'm not too sure that necessarily resonates with everyone but it might do with the younger generation but again that's me being, being old school but i think if you just if you can just be seen to be there to know where people are when the time is right for them to move and they will remember you whether you're on a skateboard or not they will remember you and and that will be a call to arms that you can then answer yeah um just following on to, to Mike's point i think for advisors it's don't be the other thing i would suggest you know, we're in that specialist complex lending scenario, which actually a lot of mainstream advisors will steer clear of through 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 not understanding or, or want to give business away to, to third parties, um, is diversify. There is huge opportunity in this market for brokers to um, stretch beyond their comfort zone in terms of the products they advise on. And there's a lot of support out there from lenders and clubs and networks wherever you go to do that. So that's the biggest thing I would say. I also think to, towards that, to Martin's point about visibility, that's a really key point because we recently at Saffron did a um, uh, a study via YouGov on self-employed. And one of the big stats was that was that 75% of the, the self-employed people surveyed didn't know they could get a mortgage or didn't believe they could get a mortgage as a self-employed person. So the, the kind of the, the, the quest that I've been on is to get us as lenders and advisors to really consider what do you say or what does your website say about how you can help people? 
you know, if your website isn't saying that I can help you in your scenario, self-employed or contractor or whatever it might be, those those people are going along thinking I can't do anything and either paying too much for a mortgage or not getting the house they really want. So the key is have a look at yourself and your website and go, what are you saying about how you can support this market in its current cycle? Can I just jump in quickly and add two things onto what Tony said there? Because they're all very good points. That that diversification of services and products will will help because there will be a drop in income it's inevitable i'm seeing it in our own numbers and, and i think we've got a very well-run business so if we're seeing it i guarantee everyone else will be seeing that so whether that's into equity release specialist lending um, protection size i think brokers do need to fill that gap by broadening um uh, their, their product offering uh, and that that point there as well tony said about self-employed and complex this market is made for intermediation with, with more and more bank branch uh, closures, um, the inability to ring up a bank, uh, which can easily take an hour. At, um, uh, I, I did that myself recently. I had to ring Barclays, unfortunately, on a personal matter. And, um, you know, I almost died in the process of old age. It's, you know, the, <laughs> bank, the banks are pushing the consumer to us. We should recognise that. They're not, they, they haven't got the capacity or the ability or even the desire to offer wholesale mortgage advice. So in terms of complex markets, this is made for us. So the brokers should not only broaden their product offering, but improve their knowledge on what's going on in the market. So when that complex case comes to you, you're not stammering or stuttering, you know straight away there's an, there's an opportunity for the client and, and for the broker to introduce them to the right lender first time around. Absolutely. And uh, uh, that's what basically my BDM team do on a daily basis. You know, we it's kind of we've been exploring what does business development mean and it doesn't just mean right we're here to flog your saffron mortgage for your client all right although that's not a bad thing this is about how do we <laughs> uh, shameless plug there how do we this is more about how do we work with you as a business partner to help you uncover areas that you've shied away from or naturally don't understand you know we see a lot of people you know a lot of brokers a lot of experience so you, that that by osmosis is it but if you could use it anyway we can pass that on and it massively helps um, firms we've seen firms for example we are really strong at self-build it's one of our um, strong product areas we are experts at it and a lot of brokers shy away from this because of concerns and fears over th this what can deem to be a confusing or tricky um, mortgage to, to arrange it's not. It's a bit longer. You've got to do a bit more. But with our help, we've got a whole new cohort of brokers now entering this space. Um, so it's, it's all about how do we help you build your business? Because that helps build our business. Uh, and I also want to ask um, if the OBR's uh, predictions uh, become accurate. Uh, is there any sense of how this could hit different aspects of the mortgage market, such as for first-time buyers or buy-to-lets? Um, I think we're giving too much credence to the OBR report. I mean, it wasn't that long ago they um, they suddenly found an extra 2% GDP from a couple of years ago down the back of the sofa. So um, I think we've got to be careful that we don't we don't start looking at this as almost like it's, it's gospel and it's written tablet and it's the truth. The housing market is a very nuanced business, okay? And it is built upon a very simple um, premise of consumer confidence. And if that's there... We have a busy housing market, and if that disappears, we have a very poor performing housing market. 
Um, so we are inching towards um, a degree of consumer confidence now. And, and the longer that stays, then the busier we will all become. First time buyers are probably and have sat on their hands a little bit because they're in no particular rush to enter the market. If they're reading in the Daily Mail that house prices are you know, going to fall 20%, why would you rush to buy one? You might just sit and wait. Um, uh, their issue is not affordability. They have no reference point. They have no anchor to base rate at 0.1%. So if their buying rate is 5% and they can afford it, then they can move forward. Um, the buy-to-let side of stuff has been difficult. And I'm only talking here about, about London, which is the vast majority of where our clients are based. It's a very poor performing market right now. That doesn't mean to say that buy-to-let is dead. It will just have to evolve going forward and maybe into more semi-commercial and maybe um, more outlier towns that are further away from London where the stress tests really don't work at all. Um so we, we've seen a big decline in, in buy-to-let purchases um, and we have seen a big increase in, in landlords saying that they, they plan to exit the market in, in London and the South East. Um, goes back to what we said at the very start. If you have to move, just move. There's no point waiting for a perfect time. Otherwise, you know, we'd all be living in caves waiting for that to happen. It doesn't exist. The perfect time, it doesn't exist. The right time is always there. And it's up to the consumer to decide to when to strike um, and, and, and move. And, and we'll all just sit there and service that particular need as and when it's appropriate. I think if we're trying to engineer a market, we might be in for a long wait. We have to sit and wait for the consumer to confirm that they're happy with their micro personal circumstances and the macro economic picture that they operate in. And when those two marry up, we'll have an active market. Yeah, I'd echo that. From from what we're seeing, we are seeing, um, it's really quite postcode specific what we're seeing in terms of some brokers are going, we're really, really busy with purchase inquiries and others saying it's absolutely dead and I'm I'm hanging on to product transfers as a, as a way to continue. So I think it really is, it really is that difference. But to Martin's point, it, 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 it really is. I think the biggest thing that, that kind of makes this clear around hanging and waiting it, it is an article that someone posted on LinkedIn a few weeks ago about uh, an interest rate rise in 1957 that saw a, 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 a rapid base rate rise to 7.5%. And the, the, I suppose the story is from that is if you went then held on for 18 months before buying, hoping that rate would drop, thinking it would drop, you'd end up waiting 51 years because that rate didn't get back down until 2008. So you'd have had 51 years more renting if you were a first time buyer. And in that prevailing 51 years house prices went up 9,351 percent so the moral is <laughs> if you can afford to buy at the point you need to buy buy and don't worry about it that but that's what an advisor's job is to do and go and find a professional one that will help you make that choice and help you see that don't don't read the article saying oh it's going to be fine wait for a bit because you could be waiting an awful long time uh, brilliant. Well, thank you very much, uh, both for joining me for this edition of the FC Advisor podcast. And thank you very much for listening. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.